Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Nerds of Legend. I'm Ben. Next to me is Brendan. Below us is Joel and Miss. And we got the four of us back together again. Slug. And uh, today. I'm here to talk about my new Citadel paint. No, fuck off with your paints, Joel. <laughs> we know you're obsessed. But uh, right now, we've got we've got books to talk about. I got the cheap wash that came. Oh, sorry. You done? You done? I can continue. We can talk about paint later. We can talk about paint later. Right now, we got a book to talk about. Because otherwise, if we talk about paint for too, if we talk about paint for too long, we're gonna lose Missy. So, she's rolling already. All right. So today, we're gonna be talking about Ombre. Like I'm looking at the baby. Ridiculous. I'm listening. We're talking about Ombre by Elmore Leonard. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about some King Arthur mythos folklore, as well as some notable movies within the King King Arthur. I'm going to call it franchise because that's essentially what it is at this point. Yeah, the, yeah, the IP. Yeah. Other than that, we got our normal Thursday D and D episodes. But with that, uh, Brendan, this was your pick this week, so. Can you give us a little bit of brief synopsis of Ombre? Do you need a timer? No, no, no. I, I no, I can do it quickly. I know it's, it's a four-hour book, so <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. three hours and fifty-one minutes to tell. Technically, it was published under a novella format, so these were intentionally short and sweet to the point. Um, it's it's told from the perspective of a young clerk with a stagecoach line named Carl Allen. Uh, at the time, a young horny clerk, very horny. Uh, at the time of the story, the stagecoaches are, are losing out to the railroads, and so it's kind of like letting you know it's approaching the end of the West, so to say. Mm-hmm. The period normally goes from the eighteen forties to the eighteen nineties, so it's approaching the end of the West. There's, um, it's it's a story of uh, people inside a stagecoach. So there's Kathleen McLaren, who's an eighteen year old who was rescued from Native Americans. Uh, she was kidnapped. There's a horny young Carl Allen, Dr. Alexander Faber, who is a reverend, and his uh, stony-ass wife, Mrs. Audra Faber. And uh, they request the services of a biracial man named John Russell uh, to basically lead them through the wilderness. And he is... They request the services of Mendez. Yes. At Jones. He, he, he's the driver. Yeah. Um, but he... Yeah, so he volunteers, but there's a man named John uh, Russell that'll that you know they've been advised. Hey, take his advice. Mm-hmm. So yes, first they do hire Manny Mendez, and he's like, you know what, you should listen to this guy. Um, he's part Apache. He's he's a Mustanger, so he he's wrangled horses. He's he's been out in the wilderness. We need someone who knows what they're doing. And uh, as they go out on this journey, perfidy erupts. Uh, and uh, there are some decisions made involving backstabbing and money. And um, very quickly, six characters are exposed to imminent mortality. And uh, that's an easy synopsis, I would say, for the story. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. So yeah, for, uh, for context, most people know Elmore Leonard, not for his westerns, but for his, his gumshoe detective novels, his crime books. Um, we've mentioned previously Agatha Christie, and I was always like, hey, I'm no more letter guy. Um, most people will recognize his works rather than uh, Leonard the author. So Rum Punch was adapted into Jackie Brown, a wow. Tarantino film. 
Um, you'll recognize uh, Raylan Jennings, the, the character in Justified. That's based on Homer Leonard's novels. I'm a huge fan uh, of Justified. I think they, I think she just made a made-for-TV movie. So I've I've enjoyed all the works that have been adapted from Elmore Leonard. I'd never really read one of his westerns before. I, I'd, I'd always read his mystery books. So this was this was a, a new one for me as well as as the rest of the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one thing that struck me during during my reading of this novella is I hated every single one of the characters. <laughs> <laughs> They're all. I really like Russell. He's also a dick, though. Yeah, he was a dick. But you've got to think about it. The book started out with him sitting in there talking about how every Apache sucks. Oh, I get like, it. Ah, I get so, why. You're like, all Apaches suck. Yeah. And they're telling the thing. What was it? The Mulvaney girl? I don't remember. Because it's been a little while since. The McLaren. McLaren girl, yeah. Where she was, like, held, and she's like, you have no idea what they did. She never actually said what they did to her, but she's just like talking about all these atrocities that was done against her. And then no. the guy's like, I'm a patch. And she's like, fuck you. No, like, she doesn't. She just said, she actually, what she said at one point was like, no, oh, people only care about what they did to me. They never asked me how I was actually treated. They just make assumptions. Like she doesn't right. act. She doesn't actually say anything bad about how she was treated while well, she was there. there that it's bad. Yeah. There's a- well, I like. I found myself like, and I, I, I didn't realize that you hadn't read it before. I thought that it was like one of your like favorites. So, like, I was trying to think like it. Initially, there wasn't anything special. It was a western. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, it was a gunslinging. Like we're gonna get on our little covered wagon and, you know, mm-hmm. get like, you know, there wasn't really anything too great or different about it. But then once you get to the end and they talk about like, what is human, right? Like that, like that conversation where they talk about like, where he, like the McLaren girls, like she sucks. And like, I hated her at the end, <laughs> you know, like she's like trying like, Oh, fucks so- them all over. Yeah, like someone needs to go save her, and he's like, "All right, fine, you go do it." And and she's like, "Ooh, like, yeah, you know, like, so yeah that, somebody like, else does it, not yeah. me." Like, I yeah. just get to sit there and pretend to be holier than thou. Yeah, yeah. But then there's like that, like you know, they have a really good conversation about what it means to be like, you know, like human. What like it like what is it like Apache? no more than a man, like a man than anyone else. Like, mm. and so like, that was the moment where I was like, okay, I can see why, like why he would like this. Right. Like, yeah. it, but otherwise it was just fun. Right. It was yeah. fun. But there nothing to, there was nothing fun about that story. You got a, you got a, you got a villain. Yeah. But it was like, that was like a slog story. Not that it was, an, it was an engaging read. But at no point are you like, I hope they all get out of this alive. No, you're like, I hope the doctor dies. I hope everybody like, but John Russell dies. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it's the exact opposite. Yeah. It's the exact opposite. Yeah. He's the only one that dies trying to save those losers while they're all sitting there talking about how great he's. The fucking doctor embezzled ass loads of money. From, like, reservations, yeah. Right, was... from the reservation. And then they're like, are you going to save your wife? He's like, fuck her. Like, never, never says a fucking word to her the entire film. Right. Never, never once does he say. Sorry, film. The entire book, 
He does not say a fucking word to his like wife, who is also thir- what was it thirty years his his junior or twenty? Yeah, I, I think it was thirty. Yeah, yeah. So he's got like this eighteen-year-old wife, this forty-eight-year-old man. Yeah, and he won't, don't, won't even fucking look at her or say anything. I feel that's real common. That at that time was real common. Mm-hmm. I, you I know, but yeah, I will say for context, I had watched the film. Okay, I've never read the adaptation. The characters are considerably older in the movie. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Like if you think about Game of Thrones, they're all like fifteen. So in the you know people live in the Game of Thrones, Daenerys is twelve. Yeah, yeah. No, like a lot of like like fantasy world. They're all like twelve. Bullshit. Yeah, because predominantly fantasy, and there's very little pedophilia. I believe. Or Martin rife with it. Back then. Back yeah, up. please what? tell her about your pedo books. <laughs> no, in what? <laughs> did I say anything, or did I say they're like twelve? In just that one, ninety no, percent G- of the fantasy books I've read, they are in, not children. In, in GOT, they're super young. I think uh, I think Baratheon's like sixteen when he when he, when he yeah Robert Rebelling. So yeah, they're super young. Yeah, in, in this one, John's what like nineteen? Like he's not old at all. Yeah, he's like in no, his, he's no, he's in his he's in his twenties. He's in his twenties. So yeah, the soldier was really young. The narrator's like sixteen. The yeah. McLaren girl's like sixteen. Well, yeah. I guess I didn't realize that they were that young. Yeah, yeah. they were very young. Mendez is like thirty. Which yeah, which if you're thirty and you're stagecoach driver, that means you know what you're doing. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy that when you look at the photos of people in this period. Um, they look older than we are, and they're younger than we are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, they're grizzled old things at, like, 45. Yeah, so... If you spent all your day in the sun with no air conditioning, you'd be old, too. (laughs) (laughs) Drinking whiskey and smoking constantly. Yeah, so Russell was portrayed by by a a 30s Paul Newman, I think. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. When I was in high school, my my best friend was from, like, the hills of Kentucky. And, like, they all, uh, they were all, like, incredibly weathered people. They're all legit hillbillies. Like, They're they literally pugilists. And, uh... Which we still need to talk about. That's, we might need to make yeah, an episode about it. <laughs> They're on Wikipedia as the blue fugits. Like, they were, they they turn blue when they drink. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they don't now, but, like, they used to back in the day. Uh, but we can get into that later. But um, they all look incredibly weathered. Like they yeah. live these hard ass lives, just out there making moonshine and hunting. And like I remember, I met his cousin Eddie. He was like thirty years old. Dude was all gray with no teeth. I was like, holy shit! This is the hardest living dude I've ever seen. And he was like thirty six, you know. And at the yeah. time, I was like, well, he's old. But then here I am, forty five, and I'm like, <laughs> God Almighty, well, you know, right. No. Yeah, I, I, I gotta say, uh, Missy, um, when you say, like, oh, it's like, you know, Root and high, high Token Adventure and, and whatnot, being a huge fan of the genre, it's a big weakness of mine. There's always a context of, of where it stands in the genre, but also when it came out. Yeah. Very quickly, there was a movie I saw at Cinema Fest called Meet Me in St. Louis. It's just a musical movie about the 1890s and about girls trying to get married in St. Louis, Missouri. It's all dancing and singing. It came on the late Garland's in it, right? Judy Garland's in it. I was bored out of my mind. I was falling asleep in film section watching this. I'm like, why do I care? It's it was filmed in like '44, 
Mm-hmm. So men are dying on the beaches in Normandy. The U.S. is being pushed to the to the brink of its economy. So everyone's buying bonds so that so the dollar doesn't collapse, and our 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 men are dying. People wanted to see anything that was happening at war. Yeah, times in the past. So in the case in the case of Ombre, if you think of Zane Grey novels, if you think of like tough Marlboro men, they're always honorable, or they're lawmen, or they get the girl. Everyone is more or less a piece of crap in this for varying reasons. Mm-hmm. There's such a pervasive uh, nature of, of overt racism. The, the, those two cowpokes that give John trouble in the bar, and then he sees them later on. You know, and um, and the guy, oh, the, the one where he breaks the whiskey glass in his yeah. mouth—that was great. That's right. Yeah, and then and then and then the um, when they see him again at the robbery, spoilers, and the guy comes back and he's ready to take all of their water so they die. Mm-hmm. That was wild. Yeah. yeah, like, and he shoots him down. It's like, well, because it's like the doctor's like, you never get away with this. It's like you'll be dead with it. You'll be you'll be caught within two days. He's like, we'll see about that. Yeah, pokes, yeah, pokes hole in water skin. Think yeah. because like I don't. Sorry, continue, and then I'll get my point. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, Elmore Leonard is never pausing the story, going like. Oh my gosh! Do you see the nerve on this criminal? How dare he? Our young hero, John. No, like it's completely impartial. It's very dialogue-driven. It was very, very well done, like that. Very, you felt like you were watching something play out. Yeah, like very neutral, dialogue-driven prose that is absolutely brutal. If you compare it to the westerns of its period, I, I, I after seeing the film, it's it's in the National Registry for being culturally significant. And it has ties to arguably the best Western of all time, which is The Searchers, where it does not pull any punches about, about racism. Released, you know, a relatively close to the civil rights period, there, there are reasons for this. Mm-hmm. And the, this is not something you'd, you'd, you'd see on Gunsmoke. You know, no. you wouldn't turn on, on, on a... Gunsmoke was historically accurate. You shut up. But that's why, like... Yeah, you know, I, that, there's only so much you could put on television in the 50s. I know, so it's a joke. Yes, hold no. Yes, it is. Hold no punches. Yeah, go ahead. But that, like, you don't like you have the it, you have those those tops, right? Like, and in some ways, like, you know, like the women are they even given names? Like, you know, like yeah. they don't, you know, like there's other layers of this too, right? Like yeah. westerns historically very masculine, very male. Yes, just lost your camera. Um. You know, uh, can you still hear us? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, you know, they're very male dominated, very, you know, it is, it is what it is, but like, it does take a really good, you know, like a pro, like it takes racism head on. Right. And like at the end, that's why I was like, I can see it. Like, you know. It's it's not just a it. There's nothing like some westerns in my my opinion are very mindless, right? Like there's oh, not a lot going yeah. underneath them. This one did get there that it had it had a little bit more to it. Yeah, there's there's another western that is deemed culturally significant by this country, and it is High Noon. Mm-hmm. Gary, Gary Cooper is a sheriff who, um, well, a marshal, I believe, and 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 he's since become the sheriff, and he's like about to retire with his new bride. And someone he arrested is, is released from jail and is like, yo, send the word. I'm coming on a train to kill you. And no one in town is going to help him. And the train's coming in at noon. And 
spoiler alert, if, you know, people have had 60 years to watch this or, or whatnot. Uh, his, his wife is the only one that stands for him, and his wife saves his life with the lever action at the end of the movie. And um, that pissed off John Wayne so much, he deemed the movie like commie trash. And he made real, he made real Bravo. He made a, a counterpoint movie, it, it, like in in resistance to High Noon. He's like, like no, because because the guy the guy was saved by his wife. Yeah, he was that. Like, <laughs> that's like, that's so funny. That's so John Wayne. Literally, shit. He was a horrible piece of. That's shit. that's so John Wayne though. Like, Can we go back to what was the connection between Meet Me in St. Louis? Because that was made in the in forty four, and this one was published so, in the sixties. Yeah. So the thing about Meet Me in St. Louis is I had no like I'm like why why does this matter? Why am I invested in this? And the reason was context. When it was released, it was the people watching it needed some needed something else. To focus something on. happy. Yeah. Ombre when it was written. Race like, was up front and center in this country is becoming less and you know less and less uh, possible to ignore. Mm-hmm. And you look at the searchers, and guys who were writing these stories were being outed by the House on Un-American Activities Committee as communists, homosexuals, and their mm-hmm. derision. Right? Watch Trumbo, for example. And uh, and John Wayne was outing his co-stars and yeah. people in the business mm-hmm. uh, front and center. Uh, the Searchers was under scrutiny and was deemed a uh, commie rag because it talked about race relations and, and the measure of a man. But, I mean, the, the protagonist is an ex-Confederate yeah. who virulently hates natives, and he's forced to acknowledge that his that his best ally is is half Native American, helping him find his niece. You know, mm-hmm. so, so these these are things people didn't want to talk about, didn't want to think about. Yeah. Ombre pushed the medium. Uh, as far as I can see, based on what I read in the period, I I, I never read a, a novella of the time that had no pure redeeming heroes, where everyone was uh, had the potential to die violently, where like the shot glass in the mouth getting sh- uh, getting shot through the face, like this was a brutal novella for the for the time. I Honestly, was, I, like he is he was a hero though because he was like. Like, like, yeah, he's like, for the, for the majority of the movie, he's just a dick. Because he's just like, he's like, I don't give a shit about these people, but if they stick, if they can keep up, I'll let them keep up, you know? And he's like, and then at the end of the book, he's like, all right, well, we I don't have any other choice. I might as well let somebody get out of this. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah he, he wasn't being, like, particularly cruel or anything. No. He was, he was like, he's like, he's pull your weight the entire yeah. time. He's like, he's like, if you want to, like, that's like the whole thing. That's like, like going, looking back on like the book when he's like, he's like, oh, you don't want to, you didn't want to ride with me. Maybe I don't want to walk with you. Yeah. So then he spends the entire first day basically going as hard as he can. And in the end of the day, they catch up with him. And then from then on, he doesn't try to lose him again. Like he does. Like he doesn't like he doesn't like try to outrun him again. But he like he still like pushes him hard. But he doesn't like basically like walk off and like leave him again. He's like, all right, they caught up. Or right, I'll let him let him follow. You know. Yeah, I I, I think Missy put it best when she when she said it's, it's a very it's a very human story. We are the sum of our decisions. We yeah, are, we are the bad things we've done. The good. Um, there's, there's, 
there's this begrudging uh, acceptance that see the number one step to us. I mean, what makes us similar is far more numerous than what sets us apart from each other in this one. And the first step to accepting another person into your life is going, hey, they have the same needs. They need water. They need food. They have family. They have morals. They make tough decisions. And acknowledging that John Russell is human and that he is their best chance of survival is the first step in these people acknowledging that he is a person. And so, yeah, does he have every right to be like, fuck all of you? You know, especially those farmhands? Yes. Um, does he have a right to be vengeful? Arguably, yes. At the end of the story, it's him, the, 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 the person who is, who is uh, you know, Apache, who, who makes heroic decisions and, and has sacrifice. And also teaches those who and the dumb of the and the dumb bitch who stands in the way of the bullet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and and say say what you will about the characters, but um, he you know there's no there's no perfidy in John. There's no there's there's no backstabbing or thievery, which we see relatively early on in the story. Um, that the esteemed upstanding white white folk. Are those that are that are you know not ready to be in the wilderness and backstabbing each other that are willing to let uh, you know women and civilians die? It's 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 in stark contrast to uh, to uh, I'd say what what culture at the time would tell you in their stories. And at the end of the day, the whole reason like John ends up dying is because uh, Mendez lives, like tries to like makes him. It's like hey, you don't you don't. You could pass for a white man. Why don't you just go live the high life? Like if Mendez hadn't tried so hard to get John to like leave the leave his people, like John would still be around. <laughs> you know, yeah. at the end of the book, like he would he he'd, he'd be still living with the Apache, free and happy. One hundred percent. Just yeah. J- just think about this story in the way that it's told. How it's dialogue driven and it's stark uh, brutality. If you remove everything about his compli- about his uh, at the time complicated heritage, right, and uh, and the backstabbing and, and the race relations, it, 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 I could see it being a for, uh, another forgettable novella. I think the staying power it had with me, and especially what made the movie culturally significant to this country, is all the stuff that all the blemishes on these people. That we're talking about right now, I, I, I think that's the major strength strength of it. I, I I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. I, I had some I had a lot of fun with it. I hated every single character, but yeah, they're yeah. all well. I as I said earlier, I like Russell. Like he had he had yeah. kind of like some quiet nobility to him, but he was still a dick. The yeah. thing that got me in the story, and like this is because I haven't really traveled anywhere or done anything, but like it's set in the Southwest. So it's very the idea that it was like it, it, I didn't realize how harsh the landscape was then. Yeah, like the idea that like you forget how big America is. Like when you just think like you because I think you know this area. This is my America. You know the Midwest, and there's water everywhere. Like you, mm-hmm. you're not gonna die of dehydration here. You know, but in the Southwest, you will. New Mexico, Australia, yeah, um, Australia, Jesus Christ, we're going to bed. Similar, Arizona, yeah. <laughs> New Mexico, <laughs> Arizona, country. yeah. This country, god damn it. Sorry. Tweet, no, 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 no. But, um, 
Arizona and New Mexico, like parts of Texas, all of that is just this arid, dry, like, you know, without water, you're done. Yeah. And to think these states are vast, like these areas are vast. And so, like, it's not something you can walk from, like, one place to another that is going to be in a timely fashion. It's like, like here, we've got lakes and rivers and all these things that are nearby because that's the, the region we live in. Oh, we're still, you're still thinking. Where there's none. You're still thinking modern convenience, though. Conveniences, I am. though. I am, because that's because, my frame of reference. Because I in that book, I think I think they only had to traverse, like, what, 60 miles? But on foot, that's massive. Yeah, it and is. Even with horses, like, they're not... Horses are fast, but, like, they don't run every day. Right. So they, they had they had two know? stops they had to make on the trip. Right. This is a lot... And then it's... It's a uh, for sixty miles. We do that in an hour, right? Yeah, sometimes less. It's it's crazy to think about. Um, I think roughly if if you have provisions like and you're in the military and you're in decent weather, you can march like twenty miles a day tops. That's it, at the peak of human fitness with with the pro- with provisions and all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arid, rocky climate with people trying to kill you. Especially if you're wearing, you know, like petticoats and like uh, I don't know, like uh, they they weren't wearing comfortable walking gear. That's yeah. what you're yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to say. Cotton, cotton, wool wool breeches and yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's 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 not fun. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, that's a hundred percent part of the fun. <laughs> like, like you know, like what of like. Yes, this book does have serious, like, undertones and all of that stuff, but it is, at its core, a fun Western. Like, you know, like, it is very much, like, we're hopping on that stagecoach, we're going, you know, whatever. (laughs) The most enjoyable part was the people dying of thirst. The hijinks ensue, (laughs) you know, we lost our water. Like, you see this, I've never seen the movie, but... Miss is just disappointed, McLaren... To be married to you right now. Miss is like, just oh, disappointed the McLaren girl and the narrator didn't sneak off for a sneaky link. This was like to its core, like in I, my dad watches a lot of westerns, like you know, like like I know that's like I fucking floored, um, you know. So like I've had exposure. I know, like you know, I've I've watched Gunsmoke. I've watched like you know the, the John Wayne movies. Like we got. Like we got it right, but like the wi- like the women aren't even they don't even matter. All they are, are like hindrances. They're the, the ones causing the problem. Their plot points. They're advancing it and making everything like go to shit. I mean, all of them. But like, yeah, it's like the McLaren. The McLaren girls. The the whole reason the narrator pushes Mendez into like getting him, getting the doctor to like getting him to convince the doctor. Uh, convincing Mendez because he wanted like because he, he wanted so he wanted, he wanted to get some like maybe if we go to go off together I can get some and he's like she might be horribly traumatized by being you know kept, like abducted by the Apache I didn't even know if I wanted her anymore <laughs> but I did that <laughs> don't worry Missy we'll uh, we'll we'll spice it up with the fanfic we'll, we'll, we'll... <laughs> now we're gonna do 
You're going to write a fan fiction now of Andre? All of a sudden, a twinkly vampire appears out of nowhere to just dick down some young girl. It was actually funny because there's at some point the narrator gets pissed because, like, the girl's kind of, like, flirting with John. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And he, like, gets annoyed. He's like, what the fuck this bitch? (laughs) I I do have to say, uh, New Mexico might not, you know, Arizona... Nevada might not be the best area for vampires, so <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to workshop that one. But, um, I don't know. It happens in the Iron Druid. We're fine. That's true. It's true. Just, just get a parasol or some, some SPF 100. Yeah. Just going to sparkle. Is that all it is? Yeah. Sparkle them up. You fit great in Nevada. They'll just go on the strip. Yeah. Um, They're no, fabulous. I, you know, there are there is serious things to it, but like I think some, like we can appreciate it for like it being a fun, like just a western. It's a fun little romp. That's what it is. Really the fuck you guys, your guys' words do not match up with this story. There was nothing fun nor rompy about this. You had I fun was, reading was, the stories. I was, you could, I was like, entertained. Her. I was entertained, Joel. Yes, I, I would. Yes, I was entertained, but at no point was I like, this sounds like a blast. This, this guy's no. got his marble, uh, like, um. He's the Marlboro Man. Marble Reds tucked in his pocket, like no, he was no, 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 he was rolling his own cigarettes. Whatever, like you know, like important he, distinction. <laughs> what? Yeah. I said important distinction. He was rolling his own. He did not come. He did not come on the stagecoach with pre rolls. Okay, no right. No we got American spirits. There were just yeah, yeah American spirits. <laughs> Black teeth and everything. Yeah, that's. <laughs> you are all idiots. Every one of you. Like you're like, it was a fun rap. No, you sadists. It was not. It was the. It was- I was I was interested in see how the fuck John Russell was gonna get a get him out of it this time. Yeah, like, by dying. That's how no, we got out of it. No, there was three different. There was like four different acts where John Russell saves the day. Yeah, and then at the end he's like, well, just jumps out in front of the gunfire and everybody runs away, all the pieces of shit. Kills everyone, finally. And yeah. But he also, like, teaches a valuable... He's touching Warhammer figures right he now. Teaches, he's teaching a valuable it begins. lesson. Um, he's teaching a valuable lesson that, um, you know, sometimes little guys want to shoot you and sometimes you get shot. The end. Yeah. Live by the sword, you die by it. Mm-hmm. And yet, yes, a flamer, by the way, those are melta guns. God damn it. And yes, Joel, it would not be fun covering 60 miles in a wagon. No! Wearing wool, you are correct. Yeah. <laughs> However, this energy you read. Yeah, in the heat, with minimal, minimal, if any, personal Z- hygiene. Zero air conditioning. Yeah, no air conditioning. Everybody's wearing wool. Destiny, man. Just is that what it is? Yeah. However, it all smells like feet and butt and various body odors. Yeah. and every every single one of those guys is living off of coffee and whiskey all day. Yeah, like Everybody can you imagine? Can you imagine the? Can you imagine the farts? I can now, and it would suck. It's it's very important. Can you imagine the farts? All of the coffee and whiskey, like all day, every day. We've seen Blazing Saddles. We've seen yeah. And Jerky. Like, yeah. oh my god. And Hard Tech. Yeah. It's important to specify we're all from the Midwest. And I've had to walk to a, to uh, to an Uber half a mile in Vegas. And it wasn't bad because it's not just the heat. It is it's, humidity. It's the humidity. <laughs> so I feel like we, we'd be more equipped than, than the usual person. 
What? She has negative Nellies. <laughs> and She's like, nothing way- is more fun than two people dying of dehydration right. and their eyeballs bugging out. What man. does everybody else have to say about Ombre? I have to acquiesce to Nissy. I don't know what it's like to wear a corset <laughs> or, or breeches, so, you know. I, perhaps yes, she's... you do. <laughs> <laughs> Not on stream, I don't. <laughs> Not on stream as you get up and awkwardly walk away in your corset. <laughs> <laughs> I don't what know. What did you say about Wiretapping last episode? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? You know he knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. He he has a secret life. He knows. What I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I paid very little attention to my own life, let alone other people's stuff. I don't. I'm, know I'm backing you up. That he wears corsets. Does he? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I feel like the only people like like Brendan's easily the skinniest dude in this podcast. I think yeah. you could get away without wearing corsets. It's not always about making you skinnier. It's about giving you shape. It's about lifting. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to work course and lift this up. I'm going to lift my belly up to the chest like they do in those cartoons um, and see how that works. No, I get so I, many viewers who aren't interested in books at all. I, <laughs> I swear they probably think that only Missy and you read the books. And they're like, I'm <laughs> retarded. <laughs> so back to, back to the drug. Don't drag me so, down with you. <laughs> We're doing it in diagonals here. Back, back, back to dresses, Missy. Back to dresses. Um, yeah, that would suck. It would be a million degrees. You'd want to die. Um, but you suspend disbelief, right? Mm-hmm. Like no one's no one's reading this shit, being like, "Man, wouldn't it be awesome?" Like, all I thought in my drive to work. No. That's in practical clothing for a stagecoach like, ride. Wouldn't it be awesome to just like hit the hit the wagon and go find gold or nope. what the fuck they're doing. I Never in my life, even as a small child, was it like it'd be bossed to jump into a stage <laughs> and go find gold. And that shit's that lying on top of the ground, I am not prospecting. <laughs> I was a lazy gold miner as a child. And I'm a lazy gold miner as a man. <laughs> spirited away. Spirited <laughs> away? That fucker just held his hand out and filled up. That's how you're supposed to do it. You need to find a no-face spirit that gives it away and all you gotta do is let it eat three of your friends. <laughs> They lived at the end. It was worth it. Yeah, he barfs them up later, but you get a shitload of gold. That I is know. why Spirited Away is the number one form of prospecting. <laughs> I am I am not going on the Oregon Trail with you, Joel. You're just going to lead me to the bear. <laughs> you're right, because you'll be like, I'm going on the Oregon Trail. I'm like, cool. United can fly you there. <laughs> you're like, I want to go on a stagecoach. Fuck you. Thank you I, very much. I, I, I'll, get, I'll get color on the plane. I yeah, I would get diphtheria sure. by myself in that seat. Would, I don't think you would get cholera on the plane because yeah, I'm pretty sure shut it's, up. it's in the water supply. It's, it's from bacteria for digging groundwater. That is correct. Um, but I do believe that there are experiences that you could theoretically like play Oregon Trail. So yeah, you, you can know, eat a burrito you, you left to. out for three days. You will shit yourself. <laughs> I'm just saying. I've got the card game. See? Um, I got scarlet fever in real life. Because she's a bougie bitch when it comes to her fever. She's like, I have to get fancy diseases. She also got cholera once just because everybody else would get COVID. No. Mm -hmm. But I did get scarlet Scarlet fever is essentially just really advanced strep throat. 
um, my structure yeah. turned from... You were, in the, you were doing it while you were studying Victorian literature, weren't you? <laughs> I was... You're like, well, I'm going to be one with my books. Yeah, I was you're, trying to... <laughs> you're, you're, you're in a covered mattress with a fan. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, making tonics of arsenic and other... Does, does anyone have any other thoughts on Ombre? No, we totally diverged a long time ago. Like it, it was not not what westerns aren't my jam. Didn't hate it. Fully understand. Would read something else by him. Yeah, it was it was it was a very well told story. Um, I did not have fun with the story as some sociopath, (laughs) but I did enjoy the story. I would read, I would read or listen to other shit that he did. He's it was a very very well told story. Like I like it gave me the imagery that. You felt like you were actually witnessing something, as opposed to just reading it. Or I did the audiobook, so. Yeah. But um, it, it the narration and the dialogue drove the story, and I found it to be very, very um, attention grabbing. It's like from from jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like very quick, you were pulled into the story, and it kept you the entire time. I liked yeah. it. It was great. So with that. We're going um, back to Warhammer. <laughs> it's my pick this week. Missy, Missy, because Missy. I touched a figure. She touched the Warhammer, so she's willing. It's okay. So I was going to ask you. She was touching aggressors. Uh, by the way, if you have a if you have a time, Missy, yeah, where where you're needing to like take some time away because work's getting busy, you should let us know so we can pick a Warhammer book for that week. Uh but in two weeks? No. Well, in two weeks is my pick, but no, I'm looking at my calendar. Like in the future, if you no, have some time in the now. future, it's my pick now. No. <sighs> You're not going to be busy to where you can't. In two oh. weeks. That doesn't mean you still can't listen to an audiobook and do an hour episode. So then after this one, then we pick a Warhammer episode. No, I don't. I, you want to do a Warhammer book, you could do it next week and I will skip it. No, I will be honest. I don't want to do a Warhammer book. I like Missy's opinion. She, she knows books. She can read good. Yeah, Missy's the only one other than... Uh, okay, you Never mind. So... Never mind. I have I have three choices. I have three choices for the class. Okay. Uh, We're reading Dirty Limericks. Princess of Mars by Edgar Rice Burroughs. Uh, The second one is Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea by Jules Verne. And then the final choice is John is a John Scott John Scalzi's newest novel, uh, which just came out in September, which we've done a couple John Scalzi's at this point, uh, called uh, Starter Villain. Those are my three choices. We've done a couple John Scalzi books at this point. The other two are a little bit more classic sci-fi. A lot more classic sci-fi. As you said so uh, eloquently before the stream, Ben. Brendan picks. <laughs> Brendan picks. I don't mind. I don't mind 
uh, $10 words and, and falling asleep um, Burns on the drier side. I wouldn't mind it. Um, John, Princess of Mars is before he, like, really gets into, like, the, like, the first few uh, John Carter books are, like, really solid, and then he kind of gets off the rails, but... Rails, yeah. Princess um, of Mars was published in 1912, but... But... What? It is a... Unless... Yeah, no. Um, it is a seminal instance of the planetary romance, a subgenre of science fantasy. Yeah. It's, it's great shit. It's good shit. Uh, so you're just... So that's how we're doing? You're, we're, you're, pa- we're pandering to Missy? No, I gave three options. Look at that. Tell me... Tell me that Ben, as a child, didn't read that and have that on his wall. It's, it's Conan in space. Uh, I can see the bus from here. Oh, that's, Why uh, don't you zoom into the picture like a normal person? Well, you ruined everything. <laughs> I don't even know what the, I don't even know what picture you were showing me. Joel, perhaps you've had more experience zooming in on titties on a smartphone. I have! <laughs> As a man who was a pervert today and the rest of his life before, I was like, what? Are having boobs. Past tense. Wow. Um, I don't care. I've not read any of them. I mean, I figured. I would I'm fucking shocked. vote for not scared. the third no, one. No, Jules Verne. Or just not 20,000 leagues. Uh, I'm okay with either the Princess of Mars or 20,000 leagues. No, that's what I'm asking you. So have you not done Jules Verne? Because I thought that was like Victorian literature right up your alley stuff going on. No, I have not read it. What? I've also never read uh, Lovecraft. They also have the male apparently. <laughs> that's American. That's American Literature they have a different too. version, apparently, for the ladies. <laughs> the princess of Mars. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> He's cut. Yeah. Um, okay, the classic so. story that inspired Avatar. I doubt it. Just got the one through one through three burrows. Four through six. Burn. Sounds like we need. Sounds like we just need a foresight. We need yeah, a coin flip. I can't find another desk. <laughs> we've done we've done two other Scalzi novels, so yeah, that makes sense too. This is Princess it. of Mars. This is a Star Wars. I'm pretty sure that was like the Star oh. Wars movie poster. Yeah, there you oh, go. Baby, that's know, that's like this one right man, here. That is Frazetta, my man. I if my brother would find out that I didn't call it, he'd be like, "You triggered." That is Frazetta. Like, this is some John Carter of Mars shit right here. All right, yeah. fucking pick, man. All right, Carter Mars. All right. John Carter, uh, no, Princess of Mars is what Princess we're doing. Mars. John Carter of Mars is the final in- installment. Alright. So, that means... Oh, I have some disappointing news for you, Ben. What's that? It, it was the god of Mars that had the, the sexy lady on it. Before. Yeah, you schmuck. Oh, damn. Now we're gonna read about rippling pectoral. <laughs> you perhaps, asshole. Yep. Perhaps, perhaps next year, Ben, you can look at a picture. I like how this is when I open up the book. The first suggestion I got is you're not the only one fucking up. So I open up. <laughs> fuck this. So I open this up. I open up Everand, and the first thing is suggestion. It's not just you. The struggle is real. You're not the only one fucking up. Now, I will also say same. So that means it was a sponsored. 
Well, you also married me, so they're like, she, her, she needs help. <laughs> What's your continued from your saved list? Uh, so Edgar, so Edgar Rice Burroughs is uh, the J- Princess of Mars is on uh, Everand. I don't know. We're looking. Okay. I love Everand. It should be. It's old enough. Unless Disney fucked it up. Well, I mean, I mean, they did that with the movie. So mad. Princess of Mars. Yep. Alright. Perfect. Seven hours and 21 minutes. Oh, good one. Good length. Yeah, so that means, uh, with that with that out of the way, we're going to be next uh, book talk, we're going to be talking about Princess of Mars by Edgar Rice Burroughs in two weeks. Yep. Uh, next week, we'll be doing a little uh, talk about uh, King Arthur. Uh, King Arthur and culture, General, King Arthur and movies, General. King Arthur and folklore. Yeah, we're not going to get into the folklore side. We're just going to talk about general King Arthur stuff. Just general stuff, and then we could get deeper in it later if we'd like. But but that's, I think it needs a topical jabber first, and then we'll dig deep into, like, uh, different stuff, because it's a lot. Um, what John Carter is a retired Confederate soldier at the start of this novel his he's prospecting in Arizona and he's attacked by Indians. What the hell's the matter with you both? Well, that's how you get to Mars. Is you get attacked by. No, that's Indians. how he gets to. That's how he gets to Mars. Can't yeah. spoil the, the cool way that he gets to Mars. It's convoluted, but you'll like it. <laughs> I mean, it's basically a space western. <laughs> you said you didn't. You said you didn't care. You said you didn't care. You could have picked the Victorian. Uh, science fiction novel, but you said you didn't no, care. <laughs> I I I on that one. I do not have the juice for twenty thousand leagues of disease. I read that one and I was like, wow, this is just just wait till you meet Deja Doris. Whose turn is it after Ben? Uh it's, it's Joel and then me and then it goes to you, Brendan, Ben, in that order. We we just figured this out like yesterday while we were talking. This morning actually. Was it fuck that this was a long day. <laughs> How to draw circles and fire. Yeah. All right. Good day, children. Yes, it was a pleasure. She's still playing with Warhammer. I'm going to buy her yeah. sisters a battle. Yeah, there is. we go. Slowly yeah. but surely, you shall be corrupted. <laughs> I will be. Thank you, everybody, for watching. We'll catch you again on Thursday. Yes. yes.